Welcome to A Great Light, the radio ministry of Pastor Larry Sterling, East Point Church of God. We invite you to join us in a service soon. We're located at 379 Avenue A, East Point, Florida. Our service times are 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays and 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. We pray that this week's message inspires you to shine the light of Christ to those around you. That's the title of my message this morning, Named by God. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2, verse 1. Now, I want you to read this and pretend in your mind that you've never heard this story before and you have no idea who these characters are. See how long it takes for somebody to have a name mentioned. Okay? Let's read this. And a man in the house of Levi went and took as a wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she, did, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, daubed it with the asphalt and pitch, and put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the riverbanks. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, and her maidens walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him, and this is one of the Hebrews' children, she said. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from, him, from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. And the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So she called his name Moses, saying, Because I drew him out of the water. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your wisdom. I pray for your understanding. I pray that your spirit would be here, your Holy Spirit. I pray, God, that you would help me and help us this morning. Help me to speak forth the word of God. Help, help those that are here to hear the word of the Lord, those around us to receive the word of the Lord. God, to encourage us this day, for you have truly completely and totally brought us into this moment of time. And God, I ask you to name us this day. And Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Did you notice in the text something significant? Nobody had a name till Moses. If you read through there very carefully, everybody is anonymous. It's the Son of Levi. It's a daughter of Levi that has a son. Moses doesn't even have a name until Pharaoh's daughter names him. But we don't even give Pharaoh's daughters her name because her name's not in the text. Everybody is anonymous until you get to Moses. Moses is the first person that's named. 
And, in the, and even his name, there's something going on there. If you look at the name of Moses, Moses itself in Egyptian means something different than Moses means in Hebrew. And they each have different meanings. We know the one that's very simple that's there. Moses in Hebrew means drew out, drew him out. So Pharaoh's daughter says, she called his name Moses saying, because I drew him out of the water. That's a Hebrew name. But there's another name that, that's important because Moses also is going to live in an Egyptian home. Now, have you ever, ever asked yourself this question? How is it that Pharaoh's daughter got away with this? Pharaoh ordered every child, every new child, every new baby to be thrown into the river. Everybody had to be drowned. All the new baby boys, chapter 1. And he ordered their citizen to take these babies and throw them into the river to kill them. And so have you ever wondered how, how Pharaoh's daughter got away with it? Did she get away with it that he, she was Pharaoh's daughter? And that he didn't want to hurt her or, or uh, execute her because she, she was somehow, you know, his, his, her, his daughter? Maybe. Maybe she, she, she saw this and, and uh, he saw this and he saw the situation going on. And, and he recognized that this was a Hebrew child. But because his daughter found him, she said, he said, it's okay. It's okay. Possibly. Could be that God himself literally closed the eyes of Pharaoh. And Pharaoh didn't even, couldn't conceive. The Bible is clear that God and Pharaoh were having conversations about, if you look at the Bible talking about Pharaoh's heart being hardened, there's something there. There's a conversation that God is trying to have with Pharaoh that a depth study will get you to understand that. That could be the case. Or it could be, where I'm going today, and remember, I'm saying could be. But Moses means something in Egyptian that's totally different. Have you ever heard the word Ramesses? Have you ever watched Ten Commandments, the old one? You know what I'm talking about? Little, I love that show. Growing up as a kid, that thing was forever long, and I always fast forward to the good parts. Four hours long. But I, I love that thing. But it's a... It was Moses growing up there. And then you have Ramesses, the next Pharaoh, coming up. And so Ramesses, we know this by history, that Ramesses was Pharaoh at that time. Now, do you know what Ramesses' name actually means? Ramesses' name means son of Ra. Ra is their sun god. Okay, the M-S-E-S -E at the end there means son. You put an O in the M-S-E-S -E and you get Moses. When she, pulled, when she named him, she named him Moses. And everywhere he went in that castle, in Egyptian, everybody heard the word son. You hear me? But in Hebrew, his name means drawn out. 
Same guy. Names means two different things. Same guy, but to one person, his name meant one thing. But to another person, his name meant something else. Now let me ask you a question. If you've ever been in a situation where everybody remembers you the way you were when you were out in the world and they haven't seen you in 15 years, and when they mention your name, they don't speak about you the way you are now. They're talking about the way you were then. That your name means something to them different than their name. That name means now. You see, when, when, when life comes along, and sometimes a name can have different connotations of different people. It can have different levels of different people. And Pharaoh's daughter is somebody that, that allowed Moses to be there. And she is apparently very wise in my estimation because she knows a Hebrew name. And she knows that, that this young baby is to be drawn out. And it is a, something that God is doing. And she allows him to grow up as a Hebrew. But on the other side of it, she also named him something secret that whenever Pharaoh would heard his name, he would know that this name means son. And so you have this man, and he doesn't know if his name is son, or he doesn't know if his name is drawn out. You have, a, you have a man that, that he doesn't know who he is. He doesn't have a concept of his own identity because he's raised amongst people that are not his family. He lives amongst people that, that do not belong to him. They're not blood. They're not part of his house. They're not part of him. His house is in slavery over here. And so one day he decides to be the Egyptian, the Egyptian side of him rose up and tried to take control of the Hebrew side and he killed a man. Y'all with me? I hope you are. And he, the Egyptian side of Moses, the son, quotes, went after the Hebrew over here, went after, excuse me, the Egyptian over here and killed him. Doing it the way Egyptians do it, not the way God does it. You hear me? He's a man with two identities. He's a man that he does, he, he ha, he's going from this way to the other. So the only thing people typically do when they don't know whether who they are and what's going on, they just run. They don't know who they are. They don't know what they're doing. They just take off. And notice here, the text is trying to get you to see this. Nobody has a name till Moses. Nobody has any understanding. You don't know these people if you've never read this before. You don't know who they're talking about. You don't know that, sister, uh, that Moses' sister is Miriam. That's later on in the text. You don't know any of these people. That's just Moses. It's trying to tell you that there's something significant going on here. Something powerful about the, the name of Moses. So the story goes on, and Moses flees to Midian. He takes off. When people don't know you, when you don't know your identity, when you, when you don't know that you've been called of God, and you don't understand who you are, sometimes you act like the name of the world and try to do the things of God. I hope you're with me now. 
Sometimes when, you, when you're living as yourself in this world, you try to pick up the things of God and it will hinder you. It will hurt you. It will, it will be too much for you. And so when everything blows up because that's not the way it's supposed to work, you take off run and you say, well, forget this. If that's the way the world is, if that's the way God is, if that's this, that, or the other, you take off running. And it's because you don't know who you are. Your identity is unknown to you. And so the Bible tells us that Moses took off running and fled to Midian. We see that, that as he runs from them, verse 18 of Exodus, it's not up, up on the screen, but it talks about Moses meeting his future father-in-law. And it, his name is given as a title. It says, when they came to Ruel, their father, he said, how is it that you have come so soon today? And these daughters that Moses protected an Egyptian delivered us from the hand of the shepherds. And he, was, and he also drew enough water for us and watered the flock. What does verse 19 say? Exodus 2.19. An Egyptian saved us. You see, these are people that don't know Hebrew. All they know is Egyptian. And so when his name was mentioned... His name's Moses. They say, he's an Egyptian. Y'all with me? Follow him up. So let me ask you a question. If, if your last name, if your last name has, you can tell where people are from by their last names. Can you not? I mean, if somebody has a flair for a last name that, that is completely and totally different than where you're from, like where I'm from, there are loads and loads and loads of Smiths. And I've never heard the name Shiver until I moved here. You see, it's different. Different areas, people settle different places. Names always kind of congregate in a, in a specific area. Their families are there. Their, 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 their land is there. It's kind of a normal thing to go on. You can tell some people where, maybe not where they specifically are, but their family is from simply by their name. Moses' name identified him as an Egyptian because it's an Egyptian word that means son. And there's a guy called Pharaoh whose name is Ramesses, who means son of Ra or the sun god. And he thinks an awful lot of himself. And so this is all there. This is in this text. This is happening to us. And Moses has found himself hiding. And so now the text begins to name people. If you read at the end of chapter 2, you, Moses is now talking about Zipporah, his new wife. Now he's talking about Gershom, the, their son. They're, they're talking about different names here. And what is happening about, what is happening in these names? Let me tell you something, and you got to get this. When you have fleed from who you are supposed to be, and you're running from who you're supposed to be, there will be people that you will find acceptance with them, but you do not belong to them. Everybody starts naming you. And everybody starts talking to you. And everybody calls you something, but, but you don't belong to them. They're named you, but you're not theirs. 
They named you. You, they, 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 you have friends that named you because you're playing a part. Maybe you're not acting like who you're supposed to act like. Maybe you're not being who you are. You're playing a part, but your, your friends name you. They've accepted you, but you don't belong to them. You don't belong in their house. You don't belong with them. Your family is all the way back in Egypt in slavery, and you belong with them, but you're hiding. Because why? You don't want to carry the name of your family. You don't want to tell everybody, no, my name is not an Egyptian name. My name means to draw out. My name means I was thrown into the river, and by the grace of God, I was delivered out of the river. My name means that that I, I should have died, but God pulled me out. My name means something totally different. It doesn't mean what the world said. My name's something different. But they don't know that because they're calling you by the world's name. Because you are accepted, but you don't belong. You are accepted into this place. And you are accepted into the avenue. There, there will be people that will accept you in a lifestyle of sin. They will accept you, but you don't belong to them. There, you can go run into the bars. You can go run into the places of this world. You can go run into all these things, and they will accept you. But let me tell you, when you are in desperate need of something in your life, for most of the time, they don't belong to you. But hear me, when you need help, who are you going to go to? When you need comfort, who are you going to go to? You're not going to go. You're going to be the prodigal son. Even your friends will leave you. But there's a place that you can go back to that's called home, and you belong there. You're accepted, but you don't belong. Everybody says it's okay for you to stay, but you know you don't belong. Moses is battling with inside of his spirit who he is. What is happening? Look at chapter 3. So we see the beginning of the burning bush. And we see that God has now decided to do something marvelous. You see, the Bible tells us, I want to read in chapter 2, verse 23, before I get to chapter 3. Now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. So the guy that ordered all the pharaohs, excuse me, the pharaoh that ordered all the babies to die, died. And his son ruled in his stead, Ramesses that we know. Then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage, and they cried out. And their cry came up to God because of the bondage. Now God's getting involved. Verse 24. So God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God acknowledged them. You see, this is how you get your identity. Because now we see where he belongs. His family name has been identified. His family name has been set forth. He is a son of Abraham. He is a son of Isaac. He is a son of Jacob. And God has looked down upon the children of Israel. And God has acknowledged them. And God remembered Moses and his covenants with God, with Abraham. And so now we find out that Jethro, verse 1, 
Moses was tending the flocks of Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And then we find ourselves smack dab at the burning bush. Here we have this crisis of identity for Moses being put upon the screen for us. So Moses sees the bush. He sees it's burning, but it's not consumed. And Moses turns to look at this. Now look at verse 4. Exodus chapter 3, verse 4. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Moses, Moses, here I am. Where does that sound familiar to you before? You see, God likes putting all of these intricacies in the Torah and the Pentateuch and and Genesis You find them, uh, Abraham, on top of Mount Moriah, getting ready to sacrifice Isaac. And we see that God calls down to Abraham and says, don't touch the child. You see, when you see Abraham say, here I am, here I am, God, I'm right here. We find that Abraham is being in the midst of his promise, in the midst of where his destiny is called. And now Moses' name has been called by God, called out. And he's calling out, Moses, Moses. And he says, here I am. But we don't know what Moses hears. We don't know if Moses hears, son, son. We don't know if Moses hears, drawn out one. Drawn out one. We know he's in crisis. We know that he has no clue who he is. You see, he came into this, into this mountain thinking that he was a son of an Egyptian. Uh, Egyptian. He identified himself as an Egyptian. He called himself that. And God himself came down to talk to Moses. And God himself is coming into this room. And some of you feel it in your spirit because you know what I'm talking about. You come into this room and sometimes you feel conviction. And sometimes you feel the sin that you've been committing in your spirit. And you feel God calling you by that name. You've been sitting here and you feel the conviction of God over your spirit, over your life. And you feel it. You feel it liar. You feel it covetous. You feel it on you. You feel the sin that you were committing and the Holy Spirit convicting you of that sin. And he's calling you by the things of this world. Mm. I hope you're all with me. You're scaring me this morning. And so God is going to have a conversation to adjust Moses' perspective. Moses asks God two questions. He says, well, he says that the first one, he tells him in verse 5, let's read on. Do not draw near the place, God tells Moses. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. And moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his 
face. Moses hid his face and he was afraid to look upon God. What do we know there? When you're convicted, it's not a moment for you to stand up and run around the church. You hearing me? Moses' name is called. Moses' place is called. And God says, this is who I am. And Moses hides his face. He's, I'm, wait a minute, I'm in trouble. I heard about you before. I've heard about you from my mother. I heard about you, but I've been acting like an Egyptian and I've been living with an Egyptian and I've been running from these things and I've been running for the things that God has called me to be in. I've been running down this path that I'm on right now and God just showed up and told me who I am. Mm. And so now he's convicted. He's hiding his face. He's afraid of being in God's presence. Now look at verse 7. And the Lord says, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and bring them up from that land. Now, God is going to commission him. Verse 10, he says, come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Now, here we get to the meat of what we're talking about. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. Moses asked the question that's been in his heart for decades. It says, who am I? You hear me? We read it quickly. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? But what he's saying in Exodus 3.11, he's saying, who am I? He doesn't have a clue who he is. He, he's, he's caught in between this world and the kingdom of God. He's caught between the things that, that, he has been, that he has been accepted in, but he doesn't belong to. He's caught in, in that world right here where, where he doesn't know what's going on, and he doesn't know who he is. And so now God has got his attention. God has him right here, and he says, who am I, God? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? Who am I, God? Who am I right now? And God is going to give him an adjustment of who he is. See, the world has, has, has told him and has named him and the world has set him that he's a murderer and he's a, he's a liar and he, he's, a, he's a coward because he runs and, and he, he's somebody that's bought into that. Later, you'll find out that he's stuttering and, and, and that's the, the simple fact is, is that he's afraid to talk to people because why? He's on the run. He doesn't want to remember that world. He doesn't want to talk about it. He's running from who he really is. But God says, no, I'm not going to let you go down this road of being among people you don't belong to, Moses. I didn't save your life from the river just so that you can throw everything that I've designed away. I've come down on this mountain right now to grab a hold of your attention, to get you to this understanding. I've got a plan for you, Moses. I've got a purpose for you. I've got a destiny for you. I named you. I called you. I'm the one that's in charge of you. I'm your God and there is no one but me (laughs) 
Some of you, you think you're running in your destiny. You think you're going in your path and you're going down your plan and you're doing what you've been doing in the world, but you're running from the fact that God has called you to a place, that he's called you to a work. He's called you to a destiny. He's knew you in your mother's womb. He knew who you were and who you were called to be. He brought you up out of all these things. He taught you the things of, this, of the things of the word and the things of God. And he says, listen, now's the time to for you to not go with those that accept you but for those that you belong to you belong to me Moses I love you more than they love you I love you more than this world loves you I love you because I'm the one that created you I'm you're the one I made for this job you're the one that I, I've called into this place and our identity is caught up in the fact that we need to recognize when God says calls your name that the world's naming falls off of you you are not their son Moses you're the drawn out one you're the one that I I, I put in this basket you're the one that I, I made certain survived you're the one that I put it in your mother's heart so that she would have confidence and courage to, to raise you you're the it was her faith that put you in there she could have died and should have died because she she put you in that place and directly disobeyed Pharaoh but I kept you alive Moses I walked beside you your sister was in those reeds but I was behind your sister your family was watching over you but I was behind your family watching over you listen you're not where you should have been because the, because because the world it wanted to kill you it wanted to drown you it wanted to take your life but I've been walking by the bulrushes and I've been looking over your life and you may not think I've been there but I've been there your entire life looking at you walking beside you seeing to it that everything worked out the way it should worked out because you had a praying mother and you had a praying father you had a praying grandmother and they looked over you and they watched over you and I covenanted with them that if they would believe me if they would hold to me if they would listen to me if they would obey me if they would trust in me I will come down and in one moment I will remind you who you are you're not of this world you are you are my child and here you are I am the God of Abraham I am the God of Isaac I am the God of Jacob I am the God of your father I'm the one that's been watching over you. You belong to me, Moses. You've been listening to A Great Light, the radio ministry of Pastor Larry Sterling and East Point Church of God. We're located at 379 Avenue A, East Point, Florida. Our service times are 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. on Sundays and 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Until next week, let's join together to spread the light of Christ.